Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Here we are for another Emergency Nine podcast brought to you by Live Golf and the Saudi Arabia. Uh. <laughs> Let's go. We've got Greg Norman coming on the show later. Phil Mickelson's going to drop by. Uh, brought to you by <laughs> www.philmickelson.com. Um, let's let's go we go let's talk some live golf uh, before we get into that i would like to resign from the emerging nine golf podcast it's been fun i can't be associated no. with you or those fucking idiots <laughs> but uh, i guess another another great intro from a, actually not a great intro terrible intro you're going to use those two knuckleheads um oh, come on we're we're having a good time now we will we will get to the live golf liv golf whatever the hell it's called in a bit but he is right this is the emerging nine golf podcast we're gonna talk some some normal golf first before we start yelling at each other uh in a few minutes but how are you guys doing you doing well doing great good freaking beautiful monday got a lot of good a lot of good shit to talk about nice to do this on a monday it is we're back Mm -hmm. on our normal normal monday after a few weeks of uh, Tuesdays. So a uh, day earlier for all of our listeners out there. And we do thank you guys for, for downloading and subscribing. Please do that on all your platforms that you use. Please uh, leave us a review, five stars, all that good stuff. Uh, tell a friend as well. So thank you. Um, <laughs> tell a friend. If you Poor have friend. any, we, we don't have any, we have two friends and we're talking to them. So, <laughs> um, but what are you guys drinking? Um, I actually, I, I've switched over. I was, I was hot. So I wanted some, I wanted to, uh, hydrate. So I had a high noon, um, oh, there you go. much better. And now I'm, uh, on the bourbon, uh, dip back into old elk infinity blend. Oh, and, old elk. There we go. I yeah. had old elk last week. The weeded bourbon. Yeah. It's delicious. It's good. Very nice. It's good. I've got a best buy November, 2022 Corona light. Oh, Best Buy as the date. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. I, thought, I thought the electronics store. It's a 22 store were Corona. Yeah, it's a 22 <laughs> Corona. It wouldn't surprise me if Best Buy started selling Corona. It'd probably be a good move. That's right. Um, <laughs> I'd shop there more often. I, uh, <laughs> I'm on a new bottle of some Wilderness Trail. Huh. I've not had that. How is that? It's good. It's really sweet up front. Um, and then it kind of kind of mellows out but um really really sweet on the huh i have not had that i'll have to give it a shot it's good so all right let's get in some golf we had uh muirfield village this past week home of mr nicholas and billy ho billy horschel gets it done somewhat runaway fashion wasn't really too close over the whole weekend um he made that long bomb on 15 for an eagle. If you watched any of it, I'm sure you saw it or you saw the highlights to kind of put it away when Aaron Wise was starting to get a little close there with you Make know a, a few, few hard, hard stretches of holes there on 16, 17, 18 coming in. So you're like, oh, he hits that wedge tight on 15. And you're like, oh, maybe we've got a ball game. And then Horschel drains that 50-something footer. No, we don't. And that was, that was pretty much it. I'll be honest, I didn't see a ton over the weekend. I saw more on... Thursday, Friday, um, but not a bunch over the weekend just because of some family obligations after work. But um, yeah, what do you make of uh, Horschel? He's been 
you look at his his finishes and his stats, he's kind of been trending for this. It shouldn't be a, really a surprise for anyone. He's been playing pretty well this year. Um, I should have probably have his finishes up in front of me if I'm going to bring him up. But, you know, we're still learning here on the podcast. So we're only 71 episodes into this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, Billy is exactly, you know, what uh, what you think he is. I mean, he, he's, yeah, but he has been playing well as of late, I think, the last couple months. Um, he, he's kind of one of those guys, like, he's always one of those fringe players, in my opinion. Like, he, he they don't really talk about him like a top 10 guy in the world, but he's always teetering around that. I mean, I don't know what his exact world ranking is, but after this win, I'm sure he jumped up quite a bit. But he's kind of, <clears throat> when it comes to, like, being dominant like this, he's he's kind of hot and hot and cold. But he, he does always he's always making cuts. I mean, rarely seen missing any cuts. But like in terms of being in contention, he's he's not like your your top top five or ten guys in the world like that. They're always in the in the mix. He's up to number eleven in the world now. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was getting ready to say eleventh in the world. And some of his statistics. I mean, you look at his stat line, and buddy, it it is impressive. Um, you know, he, he's 13th around the green, 11th putting, 31st tee to green, 16th stroke gain total, 12th in scoring average, 10th in driving accuracy, 28th in greens and regulation, um, 38th in strokes gained off the tee. I mean, he he's up there in a lot of stats. And over the last 15 events, he's had one win now, five top five finishes, and earned about 4.7 in cash. You know, he he's yeah. he's a little bit better Charles Howard or Charles Howell the third. He's like yeah. one one and a half steps better. I mean, he's got seven wins, a couple more than Charles Howell III, but the guy also has played in 293 events, 54 top 10, and on-course earnings of $33.1 million. You know, that that's that's a guy who's around a lot, mm-hmm. makes a lot of cuts. Uh, like I said, he he's won a little bit more than Charles Howell III has, but at the same time, He's he kind of sticks around and just cashes some checks and does it yeah. does it somewhat quietly. Even though if you if you know Billy and you watch him, he's not necessarily that quiet of a guy. But he just no. cashes a lot of checks that yeah. you just don't realize. And um, yeah. like you said, up there now at eleventh in the world ranking. So yeah, tons of like top thirties, top twenties, always making exactly. cuts, making cash. And then you know if he gets hot, he'll he'll win. But like look at the some of the names around him in the world golf rankings. He's at eleventh. Uh, one spot ahead of him, Jordan Spieth, Sam Burns, then Rory McIlroy, Victor Hovland, Justin Thomas. I mean, obviously you have to put his name in the, the same category as those guys. Um, and then in following behind him, Xander Shoffley, Hideki, Will Zalatoris, Dustin Johnson. I, I mean, well, if you were, I normally I, wouldn't, I normally wouldn't put him in that class with those guys ever, but he is, he's earned it, but um, you no, wouldn't like, normally so- think. I always think of it as like if I walked into my men's grill and you you read off that list of players but didn't say like the world ranking order, just that list of players, and you would have asked everyone in my men's grill who came in, who's last in the world rankings in that list, they're probably answering Billy Horschel, mm-hmm. right? Because those are some studs that you just listed off and names that you just yeah, kind of 100%. assume are like top 10 in the world kind of guys. Exactly. Yeah. And a lot of it's because, you know, I hate to say it, but you look at from a talent aspect you watch these guys like rory you know kills it victor is a talented guy hits it hits it long and straight sam burns big guy hits it long jordan speed talks a lot you hear him all the time xander shoffley obviously super talented guy and then Hideki, that's what you, you know, that's what you said clubs. about speed that was your yeah. 
That's his synopsis. I mean, his that's synopsis. why you that's why you know who he is because he talks so much on TV. That's great. That's nothing that's to great. do with all the majors he's won or be number one player in the world at one point or no, no, no all no. world short but, game. But all those guys are like are their 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 game their games are loud if that makes sense. Like, yeah. but Billy Horschel. What I mean? What what about Billy Horschel's game? Other than the fact that you just read out those stats, uh, McLean. But if you were to think about Billy Horschel on the golf course, you're like, he does this really well, and you're like, nah, he's not. No, the he's a jack guy. of all trades in my eyes. He, yeah, he's he a is. jack of he all is. trades. You know, he, he's he's quality everywhere. He doesn't necessarily excel yeah. in one part in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, thinking about it, th- there's not one part of his game that I think he truly excels at, but he's just solid. Then I think yeah, that's why he's solid. had the career that he's had. I mean, like I said, yeah. um, 33 million in career earnings is probably another stat that every one of us would have said, no, nah, you're not talking about Billy Horschel. I'm sorry. He's made how much, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's one of those conversations. So it, he, he does it quietly. The guy's cashing some checks and right now looking at his stats and looking at his current world ranking, he's, he's, he has to be viewed as one of the top American players. And when mm-hmm. we start looking at some team golf coming up later this year, but he he's in the conversation without question. Yeah, and he's I the like kind of guy, him in match play. I yeah, he's really the kind of like guy you want on your team in President's Cup. You know, a hundred. He has that that kind of bulldog mentality. He's, he's not going to be scared of whoever he faces on the other side and going to want to get a chip on his shoulder and kind of take him down. You know, I didn't realize how short he is of a hitter. He is. Yes, he's not long. Yeah. No, he's 142nd on tour in driving distance. Averages 294. It's, it's like worst, a low kind of low system. cut. Yeah, kind of slappy. Yeah, but I mean, hell, he's- but he, he he is a good he's a good iron player. He's got a real solid short game, and he's I, I know his putting. I know he's ranked high uh, in in the putting stats, um, but he's got a weird little putting setup, like you know, left hand low, left foot ahead of the right foot. Is just kind of yeah, the whole setup is awkward. It's, yeah, it's awkward. Everything about like his game is just a little awkward. I mean, not, little, I mean it's, he's got a decent looking swing. It's not like he's got a bad swing, but it's just like nothing. It's not like you're watching like poetry motion when he swings. It's kind of like manufactured. It's it's like he's really kind of piecing it all together to make it, and it works. But you yeah. don't you wouldn't look at his golf swing. Man, that's a beautiful swing. It's like ah, no, I can see why it's a good swing, and it works. I mean, if you break it down uh, technically, you're like, yeah, he's a good good ball striker, but. It's not like watching Rory McIlroy just fling the club head, you know, and hit it 330. <clears throat> no, his putting routine is very much like Keegan Bradley trying to hit a driver. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. Yeah, it's just, yeah. Tiptoeing in. Yeah, he's like creeping up on it. Oh, yeah, there, there's a lot of hesitation. I'm not sure if I'm, I'm gonna, ready. I'm not sure if I'm I'm going to sneak up sure on this ball. The ball doesn't even know when I'm going to hit it. It's like, oh, playing this <laughs> yeah, little dance. Exactly. Here I come. No, no, I'm not coming. Here I go. Oh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> it can't see me. Don't tell it it's here. Yeah. Yeah. Those two have the highest probability on tour of twisting an ankle during a pre-shot routine. <laughs> Pulled hamstring. But that was a, a kicker. Was it Martin Gramatica years ago that pulled the hamstring celebrating? Yes. Yeah. Did, no, he did. Did he pull a hamstring or like tear an ACL? Or was it? I don't know. It could have been worse yeah. than that. Yeah. I was getting, maybe I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt with the tour hamstring. Yeah, I think he, I think he like, jumped up to like high five and he came down on his knee and tore his ACL. That's a bad look for kickers. <laughs> <laughs> it's not uh, good for their brand. No. Um, what else did you guys make of uh, Horschel or anything else from 
from the weekend at, at, at Muirfield. Um, um, how about how about Cam Young just completely falling off the planet? I don't want to talk about it. I know I had him. I had him in a bunch of bunch of lineups, and I mean, I was in good a good spot. And it was like he made a bogey, then he made a birdie after like maybe four holes or something to get get back to even. And then it was like double bogey, par par par, quad. And then I was like, whoa, whoa. I, and then it was just the wheels came off. I may have put a fifty dollar wager on him to win outright at the beginning of the week to win two grand. Did not go my way with his final round eighty four. Not what no. we were looking for. No. He yeah, had. I don't, I don't know what happened there. He had two doubles, a quad, and handful of bogeys, and a birdie. I'm not sure how you make a quad on nine at Mirfield Village either. That's bad. He must have hit like a couple in that water, but it's a short hole for them. That's a three wood and nine iron for those guys. Um, yeah. yeah, that was that was surprising. But a couple other guys um, can't lay. Kind of good to see him back on the leaderboard. When was the last time we saw him up there? Been forever. Been a while. Been a long yeah. time. Joaquin Neiman played well. You know who's playing some really good golf? Max Homa. Yeah, yeah. he is. He's been playing awesome recently. If you look at his his results, um, he's had all kinds <laughs> of top, you know, fifteen, top twenty finishes here. Um, recently, gets a top five at. At the memorial, Zalatoris up there again. UVA zone, Denny McCarthy was leading for a little bit. Kid can put his ass off. Mito Pereira, yeah. another solid finish, another top 15 finish for Mito. No hangover from the collapse. At- I mean, I guess not, but you know, I. Yeah, but you see what happens when he's in that position again, right? I guess. Yeah, see what I mean. I, it sounds like he. <clears throat> he'll be fine. But again, you know, you just never, you just, I, as a young kid, I mean, he, I say kid, he's, what is he in his mid, mid to late twenties? Yeah. I think he's 26, 27. <clears throat> I mean, you think yeah, that, Hey, no big deal. I'll, I'll get in this position again. You just, man, you don't know how many opportunities you're going to have to be leading a major. If ever again, I, I know he's a talented player, but I mean, there's a lot of there's been a lot of talented players that did not hold the lead going into 18 at a major, um, and didn't win. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I just uh, you hate to yeah, you hate to see that, but uh, but like I said, you never know. I mean, it'd, it'd be cool to if he's got the right attitude. It's uh, it seems that those guys have a way of freeing themselves up to where they're like, you know, whatever, I can do it, and I'll just keep believing. And the next time I'm even close, I'm going to get it done. Um. We'll see. John Rahm gets a backdoor top 10. He had some interesting highlights over the weekend. A couple of shanks. He duffed one. He was trying to hit one out of the water and put it back into the water on 11. I, I saw the one, one clip clip of him shanking that, that ball. I mean, it was just like a pretty standard iron shot, wasn't it? Yeah, it was middle, right of, the middle of the fairway. Yeah, just a cold shank. And then he, almost, the hit, best of us. he almost hit a sound tech from ESPN on the 11th hole. That same day, early in the round, I think he started on 10 that day. And he, like, in a fit of rage, he threw his club up in the air and it came down, like, right next to this woman that was holding a microphone for the oh, TV. Lady. Yeah. It's a lady. Oh, and no. you can hear, you can then hear him on the microphone, like, profusely apologize. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I didn't see that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Those goddamn sound techs are just all up my ass. If you just give me some space, you wouldn't get hit. Just let me throw my club in peace. Let me- 
let me throw my club and not worry about hitting somebody. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's always, like I said last week, it's always fun for me to watch that event just because I've, I've played that golf course so much and hit a lot of those shots. Not nearly as good, but I did attempt to hit those shots often. So, yeah, I, I, that would be a place that I would like to play. It looks like it's good. It looks like it's hard. The thing I like about it too is you hear a lot of times that some of these PJ Tour venues are good the week of the event, like from a kind of condition standpoint. And then you go to them other times of the year and they're just not no, they're that not good. Um, that's not the case with Muirfield. It is. That's that's awesome. You know, the Always PJ good. Tour could say, hey, we have an event coming tomorrow. And they would be like, okay, ready to go. Yeah, we're ready. You know? um, that's yeah, just, that, this, that's, that's pretty cool. That's how good it is. So. The the other news out of uh, Mirfield was it Thursday? I guess yeah, it was Thursday. I was watching it live. Hideki Matsuyama gets DQ'd making the turn, and kind of a, just an interesting, goofy story. So he had one his equipment guy. I don't know. They never specified who this person is. If he works for one of the manufacturers, I know he's a Shrixon guy, but I think the club was a tailor made club and um. I don't know if he just has a guy that does some repair for him or what, but he was trying to make some alignment adjustments or aids to his three wood. And the guy put white out in the grooves to help kind of, you know, as a visual aid to get him lined up, which is actually is legal. You can do that. If the paint were to just stay in the grooves, there's a lot of clubs out here that have to have paint in the grooves. That's not any kind of benefit to the player where it got him in trouble was, the guy kind of haphazardly threw the stuff on there and it was smeared on the face in a few spots. And the website golf works who, um, you know, is the, the tech junkies in, in the world. They, as they do, they get a hold of these players clubs and they just take pictures and put them online just so, you know, tech heads can see what people are playing that, yeah. you know, and someone spotted it, learned <laughs> the PGA tour and they talked to his tech guy then they talked to Hideki and they said, like, hey, have you used the club at all today? And he's like, yep. And like, all right, well, sorry, you're DQ for an illegal substance on the face. So just, just it seems I like mean, it's such a dumb it thing. Was their, it was their homepage pick for that um, for that thread, too. When I pulled it up, I mean, it was the it said photos from the memorial. And it was just the picture of the face of that three wood. I mean, it was right there. Uh, golf works should probably feel like they need to take a little bit of responsibility for that. Not to say that Hideki doesn't need to take responsibility for a club. If it does indeed, breach, yeah. um, you know, the letter of the law. Um, but at the same time, I, I, what an honest mistake. I don't think there was any ill will. No, there wasn't um, to it without question in terms of trying to, you know, find an advantage with white out. Um, but and that that's that that's the my, my point is like it brings into like, question whether I, I feel, that needs to be in review. I, I feel like this is kind of a judgment call. It's like, look, did did some of the paint get onto the face? Yes. Is there any noticeable benefit to having that paint be on the face? No. Like it's like well, you don't right, know that. You you don't know that well. I we do. don't know that it, it didn't or it didn't hurt. But I mean, down it's pretty ball speed and decrease spin. So best yeah. case scenario, you create the same amount of distance with a little bit less spin. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just a clear cut rule. I mean, it's not like a 
gray area. Just you can't have legal substance on your face, whether it's good or bad. I don't disagree with that, but I think that's where it needs to look back and say, okay, is there intention? Yeah, that's that's my that's that's my that's the biggest thing. Is there intention? Or like guys leaving leaving their faces covered with mud because they don't want them to spin. You know, like they'll take a couple swings and get the face gooped up with mud because they know like, Hey, if I leave dirt in my grooves and take some of the spin off of the shot, there's that that's intent. That's intent yeah. to alter, alter the shot based on, you know, adding a foreign substance to your club. Well, that's not a foreign this, substance. I mean, it's not, by it's the rules not of golf. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, but, 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 but who's, where's, who's, who's really trying to gain a gain an exactly. illegal advantage in my, where does in, the my intent, in my opinion. Yeah. So that, that's the bullshit of it. Like it's, I think if you looked at it and he had the whole face painted, then yeah, that'd be like, okay, something weird's going on here, but he just did a lazy job of trying to paint the, the grooves. And well, to like, me, it's on, it's on the paint. It's on the equipment guy. Like you should know the rules of your equipment. Like what they are you should. doing, pal? Like they definitely should. But I, I do think that I don't think it's as black and white as, as, as the, the rules. I mean, hell I the agree. way they've got, they've written the rules, you know, the, the most recent uh, rule change. I mean, that thing is so vague. It's like, it's, I think it's kind of, it's really bizarre. Like how, how they try to dumb it down so much and then, but yet still keep some of these, some of these rules um, to a T <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I think they're trying to trying to eliminate judgment. Yeah, I mean, I they don't want to have judgment. They just want to have a black and white rule. So illegal substance. Sorry, dirt's not an illegal yeah. substance. There's, you know, you get dirt in the club on every shot. Almost. I mean, what what do they consider an illegal substance? That I think it's anything man made, anything that's not a part of the club or. Dirt, well, I mean, the know, club is grass. the club is man-made. Well, and there's paint. You know, that's what that's my point. I mean, I know that you're getting frustrated with it, but that's that's the way I look at it. That's why I'm thinking it's not as black and white as they think it is. That's why I think it should be. I think it's pretty it. black and it's white. Not, it's not the substance itself; it's the intent of how it's applied. Yeah, that's that's. It can the, be in the grooves. It can't be on the face. Well, it it yeah. it can be on the face. Because you can fat it up there and walk up and hit the golf shot without wiping the club off with your no, towel. but dirt's dirt's not not dirt's not an illegal substance. That's not the issue. That's where that's where I guess you could say that's where Jay and I's issue is. In fact, it's not an illegal substance. However, it's how it's applied. Because if if it's purposely you're taking it, you're hitting it fat during a practice stroke on purpose to apply additional substance to your face, regardless of it be dirt, fairy dust, or smurf boogers. <laughs> once you put it on that, once you put it on the club face with an intent to, to adjust trajectory mm-hmm. ball flight or spin. Yeah. But how are you ever going to prove that when it comes to making a divot on a practice swing and, and dirt, you're never going to prove intent on that. Unless the I mean, guy verbally, unless the guy good. verbally says, out loud to his caddy and the mics. Hey, I'm going to make a big fatted swing here so I can get dirt on the face. Cause I know I like, no, it's not going to happen. Look, it, it would have to come down to an egregious act. Like it's like when Reed was shoveling that sand with his wedge. Yeah. That's illegal. And you can't allow it, especially once you have that kind of evidence. And I think that's yeah. more of when you have someone you can watch purposely chunk it and not watch the groove off because when you're especially watching tour golf, what's one thing that happens right before they take the shot, that club face gets touched up. 
they're not putting they're they're not purposely um putting any thing between the ball and the face of the club unless there's some odd situation and that's where i think it does it does open up a gray area it is very hard to police but i see where jay's going with it and i agree with it it's the intent behind it there's plenty of rules that they again they're trying to make them black and white but there's some rules that are not black and white um there's plenty of rules like that like like i'll give a perfect example and i was playing in a in a tournament i won't name any tournament i won't name any names i won't name any rules officials or organizations but i was playing in a tournament there was a um a i was in the middle of a fairway and my ball was was basically sitting on the edge of a huge um like ditch or grate was like a drainage grate and it was a you know two foot wide grate and it had a a foot and a half drop and it was concaved on um on both sides so my ball was outside of that not in that but i was standing and i wasn't standing on top of the grate but mainly because it was such a big slope my foot couldn't hit the grate um so i asked for a rules official i said look i would this looks like it's uh, a regular ground condition and it should be marked white they said well you're not touching the, the you're not touching the grate and i'm like i understand that but if any, this is a, this is an obvious disadvantage here and it should have been marked and it wasn't, that's subjective for the rules official to say, Hey, I'm going to give you a drop. You should have gotten a drop here. We didn't mark it. And he chose not to do that. So I obviously asked for a second opinion and the rules official came out and said, absolutely. Sorry. We should have marked this. And th- there's your, there's the subjection there, you know? And I think while they, they want to try to get rid of that, there's still, Oh yeah, it's it's not going to be a hundred percent objective in black and white rule. It's just golf is because of the nature of the sport, with every golf course and every hole and all these conditions being so different from day to day and course to course. It's never going to be. They're never going to make a perfect rule that's going to take care of every situation. There's so many odd situations in this in this game, but I think as many as they can be black and white, the, the better. You know, like you watch, no, no, I mean, no I, like I've been watching the I mean, NBA. I've been watching a lot of NBA playoffs um, recently. And it's like the, the officiating is so different from game to game because you get different officials that rotate in every game. And it's like, well, that you could legitimately call a foul on every possession down the court. And it's like, so what's a foul one night versus the other night? Like when you get so subjective and all these judgment and all these sports, it's like what you don't know what to do. The players don't know how to how they're playing. But I don't know. Sure. Paint, paint in a groove on the face seems to be pretty cut and dry to me. I, you know, I'm, again, I, 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 yes, I think it, if it's obvious, it, this didn't, didn't look obvious to me. And it didn't look like it was going to affect the ball flight in any way. So that's why I'm, I'm saying, like, I, that's why maybe they need to adjust the, the, penal, the, the, the penalty, like automatic disqualification. Like, ah, I mean, you can use an, you can use a, what, what's the if you can use you can use an extra club and only have a max a max penalty of what two strokes a hole and then you max out at four is that right if you have a club in your bag that's that if you have a 15th club yeah it's something um, like that i forget the exact rule so but it's yeah. like, well, you can have an extra club and not get disqualified but you can have a guy who a lazy club guy put too much paint on the grooves that spills over on the face and you get disqualified like I, I don't know, the, the penalty doesn't seem to fit the crime. I guess is is my point, and that's I can, why I, I can see I can see there. 
some subjection there to, to make a game a game time decision. But um, yeah, give anyway. them two. I mean, give it's them definitely two careless for- on on their part for not knowing that hey, we got to make this tighter. Like, <clears throat> but yeah, I can see giving giving two strokes for every time he used it. You know that round or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. Because I guess he would have, he would have, if he did not use it on that front nine, he would not have been DQ'd. They would have forced him to take it out of his bag. Um, But he, I don't believe he would not have been disqualified if he did not use it. Yeah. Yeah. But if, say, I mean, he hit it that one time. I don't know how many times he hit it, but I think they said once. I think they said he hit it one time by the time they talked to him. I don't know. Maybe not. But give him two shots. Maybe like, oh, I'm an idiot. Why did, you know, why did I hit that club? Like, I should have known better. But you can still keep playing. Now, granted, he was two over par on the front nine. I think when they they when they brought it to his attention, it had been like the third or fourth hole, and they told him to continue to play the front nine and let them figure it out and do the research. But I think he shot thirty eight by that point or something. He shot two or three over par yeah. on the front. Yeah, I think they so. they had found out not too long right before the start of his round is when they found out about it, and I guess that's when they started doing their due diligence and trying to find the club guy and talk to him about what he put on there and you know, this and that, and then talk to him on the golf course. They showed footage of them talking to him at one point. And then, you know, so they found out before he teed off and let him tee off. I think it was right before, but I think they wanted to find out the details. They weren't going to, you know, tell him, Hey, you can't tee off and then find out, Oh no, you're fine. You know, I think they wanted to talk to everyone first is what, what it sounded like when they talked to the official. Damn. That sucks. I feel like they should have gone to him and said, Hey, look, we're we're look we're looking into this three wood. Don't this hit club's it. in question. Don't figure it out. Hundred percent. Yeah, that sucks that they found it before and then let him hit it and then oh oh yeah that, that, that you you're disqualified. Yeah. By the way, that we thing knew about we were it before, about. but we just wanted to see if you'd actually hit with it. <laughs> so, um, all right. Anything else on the memorial? No, I think when are they going to have a when are they going to have a major there? They can host the major probably whenever they want. I know. I mean, I think it's probably at that point where it's ready. They probably just don't want to do it since they host the, the tournament every year. They probably yeah, because they've hosted but, I mean, a couple Solheim Cups, Ryder Cups, Presidents Cups stuff over the years. Yeah, I mean, it could certainly, it could certainly host one for sure. I yeah. think it'd be awesome. Yeah, it'd be a great either PJ US Open. You can get yeah. that thing oh, firm yeah. and firm and fast and grow the rough up and. Make it long, very, very long. Yeah. And if you haven't noticed, if you haven't heard, they have some of the best milkshakes uh, ever there in the. Uh, I, did not, I did not know that, but. In the, in the men's locker room. There's fantastic milkshakes. Get the Buckeye, it's peanut butter, chocolate. The Buckeye. It's good. <laughs> so, um, all right. So today was a cool day in golf, in my opinion. You know, they call it the longest day in golf. The U.S. Open sectionals, um, 36 holes. I f- how many venues, how many spots is it? I forget. I should know this. I think it was, is it like eight, eight to ten? Somewhere sectionals? like that. I mean, they do they do like two out of the country. One in, they used to do one in Japan or something like that. Yeah, they that still they, do one in Japan. That's uh, like in Canada. One's in Canada. There was another one in Texas that they already had. One in Texas and one in um, Japan happened last week. So I had nine qualifiers today. So it'll be 11 total. Um, so some cool stories. Uh, number one, 
Callum Taron, friend of the podcast. Let's go in. Gets Again. in. Um, he was in there, what, 2019 at, at Pebble. He gets in this year. He was up in Canada. Gets one of three spots with Jonas Blix and Sadashi Kadaira. Shoots uh, nine under. And yeah, 68, 65. Just playing some good golf. I happened to uh, be walking by the TV and saw his pretty face on the television. Golf Channel was interviewing him and uh, I flipped back a, a minute or so, and he said he hasn't even been playing much golf recently. He said he had a few weeks off. Um, he was in, in a good spot. Yeah, he was he was back home with the family, and um, and now he's uh, headed to the country club at Brookline, Mass. So congrats to our boy, Callum. Um, it was really cool to see that. I'm, I'm pretty partial to a couple of these guys that were out in um, New York, purchased New York was one of the sites if i can find my uh leaderboard here i had it somewhere um yeah so purchased new york there was five spots available they had a eight man playoff for three spots in those eight guys there was the number one junior am in the country he's like a 16 year old kid and then there was a 57 year old who happens to be from my hometown fran quinn Oh, Fran Quinn, (laughs) a journeyman on every tour you can imagine, a local hero where I grew up in the golf community, still playing everywhere. Yeah, he has played everywhere. He's still playing on the Champions Tour a little bit. His son was also in the field today in the same sectional trying to get in. His wife was caddying for him. She caddies for him um, on the Champions Tour, but 57 years old, birdies the second playoff hole and gets in. Oh, that's awesome. To the U.S. Open in his home state. Also, Michael Thorborn, Thorbornson, um, amateur from Massachusetts, a stud. He's actually uh, in school right now at Stanford. He gets into that uh, field through that playoff. And then Brandon Matthews, who is, you'll hear his name a lot here in the coming years. He just won a couple of weeks ago on the Corn Ferry Tour. The guy just mashes it, hits it miles and miles. So that was a cool uh, playoff to follow tonight with a couple couple Massachusetts local boys getting into the open at Brookline, which is cool. So, um, yeah, I mean, a lot of big names played, you know, there's really not that many automatic qualifiers for this U S open. So if you're, you know, I'm looking at some of these names, Maverick McNeely, Ricky Fowler, Matt Wolf, mm. Brendan Todd, Patton Kazire, Keith Mitchell, Bill Haas, uh, Grayson Murray gets in today. Uh, a lot of the, that. Um, Kevin yeah, Chappell missed a seven or eight footer there in a playoff. Oh, did he miss it? Yeah. To Eric Barnes and uh, another young, a young lefty. Um, uh, yeah. So I don't know. What do you guys make? I think it's cool. We, uh, you know, we had the golf channel on a little bit and they were just interviewing some guys that just never made it, you know, and just, you know, one guy just started breaking down in tears. You know, he was, he was getting to the U S open and it means a lot, you know, to uh, a hell of a lot. Some of these guys have just been grinding and grinding and grinding for years, and to finally make it through and playing your first major and your in your nation's uh, championship is is cool. You know, nothing's given to you in this game. Well, well, maybe it is. Um, but you know, you got to earn your place, and uh, that's what makes our game great. Sometimes, yeah, and I mean, the, the U.S. Open, in my opinion, is like I, I've always 
between you know the U.S. Open and the Masters. I mean, the Masters is, is such a cool event just for the the prestige and and uh, how limited it is to get into it. But like you said, the U.S. Open is the our nation's national championship, and and the, what's cool about it is that it's open to so many people. It really is open. It's an open, like anybody can get in there and and qualify. Um, and that's what the, I think the whole this day is is cool. I mean, I've been a part of the the uh, sectionals. I think four four times now. Never made it through, but just the buzz like that day waking up, you're like, hey, I've got a shot to play in the U.S. Open today. If I can, if I can play a decent round, two decent rounds, I mean, I could actually, I could actually make it. Um, so I don't know. I'd love it. I you know, I, I still, I still quali- try to qualify every year. I think it's fun. Um, you know, even if I don't play any golf anymore, it's still fun to try. You never know. You catch lightning in a bottle. That's what everybody's thinking, right? Yep. And sometimes it, people do, you know? Um, it's, it's, it's cool. It's a cool day. Yeah. I heard Mike Wan in an interview. I don't know if it was yesterday. I think I can't remember. Um, maybe it was even today and he was, I forget how many thousands of people, you know, qualifying. I think he, the number he said there was 76 spots available you know, to non-automatic qualifiers. So you're talking three, four, yeah. 5,000 people and only 76 get in. And, you know, I'm looking at some of these names, like, so our board Lanto as well, um, got in, he was co-medalist at his location in Ohio, the two Ohio locations, they get a ton of players because everyone yeah, comes from the tour players. Yep. And, <clears throat> you know, you look at this list of some of the guys who qualified, you know, Davis Riley, Danny Lee, Adam Shank, Danny McCarthy, Joel Damon, Patrick Rogers, Wyndham Clark, Andrew Putnam, you know, Hayden Buckley, Adam Svensson, David Lingmurth. So it's just, you know, studs you got to beat. And then Bob Sowers, yeah. longtime club pro in Ohio. He was playing in a bunch. He gets in at this field when you have guys like Martin Laird and JT Poston, Trey Mullinex and Christian Bezadenhope, Camilla Bajegas not getting in. So it's just, it's just cool. You got to, Ams and kids and accountants and whoever trying to do it and, and playing alongside <laughs> yeah. these PGA PGA tour pros and um you know just for that that one chance to get in one major and you know even if most likely they're gonna some of these people will miss the cut and it's just gonna be an experience of a lifetime. So it's cool. That's what makes our game fun. Any other stories for you guys? Any other comments on U.S. Open qualifying. Um, we'll have a lot just, of U.S. Just, Open talk next week. I just clicked off of. Um, do you have the list? Who got who got through at Woodmont? Um, I have that up here in one second. Maybe. Hold please. Um, Joseph Brantlett. Oh, Joe Brantlett got through. Uh, Grayson Murray, Kevin Chapel, and Andrew Beckler. Don't know Andrew Beckler. I know the other three. Yeah, um, three under was that's, the, that's three under. Yeah, two that, round that total. place that place is tough. That's Woodmont is is in it's in really good shape in the last five years. It's been it's been a good a good track. I mean, they had the U.S. Women's was it U.S. Women's Am that they had out there? I think so. And so I mean, they they can they can make it really tough. It's a good good golf course. It's hard. I mean, for, you know, some PGA Tour players to go out and shoot three under for 36 holes and qualify and be medalists, that's that's saying something. Yeah, I mean, you had Harry Higgs in the field there, 
plus two misses it. Um, local college phenom Michael Brennan from Wake Forest. He shoots plus four, misses it. So yeah, it's just uh, it's tough, 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 tough. You know, Ricky Fowler I think missed by one to get into a playoff. So we'll see Ricky in Saudi Arabia soon. Um, <laughs> I'm looking through the names here: the Century Country Club, an Old Oaks Country Club in Purchase, New York, and they they've got the the names of the guys who qualified, and then they put the notables who failed to qualify at the top of the list: Ricky Barnes, Johnson Wagner. I just think it's funny those, that they, those notables. I, 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 that was those were the notables, and then Jamie Lovemark. And I, I get yes, they were PGA Tour players, but it's just funny that those were the notables that didn't qualify. And you haven't seen those guys in a long time, uh, in years, years. But yeah, so I'm looking forward to next week. I cannot wait to talk about and preview the uh, the Country Club and the U.S. Open next week. It'll be good times, but. All right, I guess we'd do it. They're all McC- waiting. McLean's just been waiting. He hasn't chimed in in 10 minutes. He's just like, can we just get to live golf? So if anyone's still listening. All right, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to give the listeners, if for some reason they haven't heard some of the, the recent news first, then I'm going to let you guys have the floor. Okay, so first, some recent live golf news. Um Kevin Knott came out the other day. He made a post saying he is resigning his membership from the PGA Tour. It then came out today that Sergio Oosthuizen, Brendan Grace, and one other, I forget who it is, maybe Charles Schwartzel, have also resigned their membership from the PGA. Um, it sounds like by some reports, it sounds like these guys think that if they resign their membership, essentially retire from the PGA Tour, they cannot be punished if they're no longer a member, there's also thought that it then keeps them intact for their full pension from the PGA tour as well. If they just say completely bye-bye, don't worry about the legal stuff. Don't worry about any punishments, suspensions, bans, however you want to phrase it. Um, It sounds like they've tried to get out ahead of it and that's the route they're choosing. Some guys have not. Uh, Phil is in is the big news that came out this afternoon. Phil is in, which we all pretty much expected that to happen. He did then did an interview with Bob Harrig of Sports Illustrated. He says he's not resigning his membership. There's a, a handful of guys that are in the next PGA Tour event is Travelers Championship um, after the U.S. Open. There's a handful of guys, Ian Poulter, DJ, a few others, I forget their names off the top of my head, um, that are supposed to be in that field. So this will be interesting to see what happens. It sounds like the PGA Tour is waiting until Friday until these guys actually stick the peg in the ground and have officially played in an event to say what their punishment will be. Todd Lewis on the Golf Channel tonight said he had heard that there's going to be a wide-ranging number of punishments based on the number of events you play or commit to. So someone who only plays in one live golf event will get a lesser punishment than the guy who plays in all eight this year. Um, Phil in the article I'm not sure if you guys saw that it came out late tonight basically admitted he has a gambling addiction and gambling has been a big issue for him over the years 
basically just saying what we already know. He made the statement about playing and live golf. Again, I did not see that statement directly from him. I'm not allowed to see his uh, tweets because he blocked me. Um, but I have looked it up online and, you know, it's just a stupid bullshit BS statement that he apologizes to really. We don't know who he never says anyone specific or what he's even specifically apologizing for. I think he's just apologizing to the Saudis for calling them scary motherfuckers um, is my opinion on that. So I'm going to let you guys, the defense, have the floor. You guys seem to be in support of these guys going over there, quasi in support of this tour. Um, Why is the Live Golf Tour and these guys going over there good? Why should I like it? Convince me. We don't know what the exact product is yet. What we can get behind, however, from a player's aspect is the understanding of why these guys are defecting. They suddenly have opportunity with guaranteed cash. A, a, a horse we have beaten dead as many times as we wanted to last week. So we're not going to go back down that rabbit hole. However, with the amount of players that we've seen already, sign up this thing goes well and it isn't more entertaining product and you can all of a sudden guarantee salaries and income based off of uh, or similar to what we see in other pro sports you're going to see a larger number of players jump ship without question one of the biggest things that stuck out to me is that we saw after our podcast aired i believe that the amateurs got $6 million signing bonus, 250K an event before any prize money. There's varying reports on that, by the way. And, that, and that, there's varying reports on all of that. I don't know what to what to believe at this point. Well, there's varying reports on it's not in it, it's it's not the prize money is then not on top of it. It's kind of an advance payment on their earnings, is what I've heard from one report that. Okay. Once they get to six million, they they don't get anything until they surpass six million dollars in earnings on the tour. Gotcha. That's a potential. That's just one one of the reports. It's not six million dollars signing bonus plus earnings. But go ahead. Regardless, if all of a sudden you can start offering guaranteed money, especially to younger players, um, you're going to get guys that are going to tee it up. And I think the larger the paychecks, the more lucrative this thing becomes. It starts getting off the ground. You're going to see more of the top players go. It's just inevitable. When you can solidify your family's future for a long time, I mean, look, the sport, all of this, the history, yada, yada, we can go down that rabbit hole. But at the end of the day, everyone's doing this because you can make a financial, um, you can make a massive financial impact on your family's future. My question was, why should I support this? Why should I be right. supporting going this? down a different going down a different tangent? Why you should support this? Let's look at the new product once we've seen it this week. They have some interesting new um, ideas. We're going to see way more mics on the golf course. We're going to hear way more inside information. It's going to be somewhat of a team format, which <clears> could <throat> offer another intriguing point. I don't know yet, Mike, to be honest with you. I don't know that I can sit here and make an argument for the product yet because I don't think we've seen enough of it or have been privy to exactly how it's going to go down after this week. I know on next week's show, the U S open might get overshadowed and it's going to be a very interesting 
uh, interesting conversation come a week from today. I'm really excited to see what happens. We can only watch this online, which is another kind of unique um, spot we're in right now, but we can certainly uh, imagine that it's going to get off the ground, or if it does get off the ground, we're going to have more viewing opportunities, and we're going to start seeing this covered um, by some major network somewhere. So uh, it's tough to say right now why I want to convince you, but I think if nothing else, it has enough there to convince you to watch, to convince you to to try to keep track of it, to have some want to want to have some knowledge of what's going on because it's that new and it's that different. Okay, counselor, your turn. Yeah, and no, I agree with a lot of things that you just said, McLean. I don't, I don't, I can't say that you should support this tour, but it's definitely interesting. It's definitely intriguing, and I think it's worth supporting the fact. Uh, or, or you don't necessarily have to support the tour, but support the fact that these guys, that many guys so far want to want to change and want to do something different. Um, uh, that's what I'm in support of, not necessarily live, live golf and the live tour. I'm, I'm in support of something different, shaking it up. I, like I've said this before, I think that the, the, the odd 40 odd events for throughout the year. Uh, did you watch any of the Memorial? You'd my probably did because you played there. I didn't really watch a whole lot of the memorial because it just wasn't that exciting. You know, it's nothing different. It's the same old thing that we see every other week. That's not a major or a WGC event. So yeah, I'm in support of something different. And it sounds like a lot of the guys who've left are in support of that as well. And that's, I think uh, other than money, um, which is fine. I don't blame them for that either, but I think they were probably in a position where like, look, I'm, I'm ready for something different. I want a new challenge, a different, different scenery, a different look. Um, and I, I, I personally think that if enough guys, if, if they are paying out what they say they're going to pay out and the tour does well for the first, these first eight events, I think you're going to see a lot, a lot more guys jumping ship. And I think you're going to put the majors, all the, all the, all the organizations that run the majors are going to put them in a really tough spot to deny these guys a right to play in these major championships uh, because they want the viewership as well. And if you've got 10 of the top 20 guys in the world playing in another tour and they're not going to be playing in the masters or they're not going to be playing in the U S open, I don't, I'm sorry, PJ tour. I know we had an agreement here, but I want, I want the top players to play. Um, so sorry, but we we're going to let these guys in. Um, and I, I wouldn't, I foresee them, I foresee all the majors letting the guys play. And if it's not right away, I foresee them in the next, if it, if it continues to grow, I foresee them letting them in to all the events because they want the best players to play in those events, which is what we all want. We want all the players, the best players to play in the same event. And that doesn't happen on the PGA Tour right now. So by shaking it up to where we can get all these guys playing in a majority of the event, a lot of events together, really competing that's what makes it a fun to watch from a uh, you know from a purist standpoint like i just want pure golf i don't care about the money as a spectator and that's and that's fine but um i think i think that's i think shaking it up this way is what's going to do it. and I, you know, I know we've we've talked about this before but that's that's what i'm in support of i'm in support of change because it's it'll be more fun for me to watch something different i'm going to try to watch this event just to see what the hell it's all about um does the defense rest no, well, we do, right but I will say the one thing that's intriguing to me also is that we really didn't know how many people had problems with the PGA Tour and how it was being run until this possibility of another 
uh, place to play actually came to fruition. We've heard little rumblings over the years, but nothing that where guys all of a sudden were starting to get comfortable speaking out. So it, it is, it's definitely something that has gotten the attention of the golf world. It's disrupted professional golf as we know it. And if nothing else, I'm intrigued to see what the product looks like. Let me get ready here. Let's crack my knuckles. Let me stretch out a little bit. I got a full page of notes that I typed up this afternoon. I made all kinds of notes on your response here. Jay's already rolling his eyes, so this will be good. Yeah. I will start off by saying the PGA Tour is not perfect. It's not a great, it's not a perfect product. There can be changes. There can be um, advancements. And I totally agree that we need to see the top players playing against each other more often. Um, I agree that the PGA Tour product is uh, too oversaturated. And some of these events are just not that exciting. Some of the venues are just not that exciting. This does not help any of that. I come as a fan of the game. I don't give two shits about these guys making a bunch of money. It does not affect me or my life or my entertainment product one bit. These guys, one, can first spare me the bullshit that you get from these guys of, I need a change in something different, and I'm doing this for my family, and I'm doing this for my freedom. You know, the, the word freedom was mentioned like four times in, in Kevin Na's statement. What freedom, dude? Like, there's 40-something events on the PGA Tour. The requirement is to play 15 to keep your status. You have tons of freedom. Once this Saudi tour becomes an 18 event series, guess what? You're locked into all 18 of those. I don't care if it's your kid's graduation, you're playing it. There's no freedom there. You're no longer an independent contractor. You can't pick your schedule. You're going to be playing the events that they are paying you tens of twenties and however millions of dollars to play. So let's get that out of the way first, Kevin. Now you don't have any freedom. You just got rid of your freedom. Well, one well, one thing though, what where they they don't have the freedom right now to play wherever they want. They as, on the PJ tour, tour. If you remember the PJ tour, you can play whatever events you want. You can't play the live the eight live live tour. I'm, I'm saying I'm talking to the the PJ tour. If you remember the PJ tour, there's forty something events. You can pick the ones that you want to play in. Sure, sure. But you can also play in multiple other other tour events. Uh, as long as you in, play in your 15, 15 events on the PGA Tour. You can tour. play in, you can get three absences. Yeah. So now they're already, they're seeking to to ban players in disciplinary action for one event uh, in deny, denying releases, um, whereas they don't do that with any other, in any, any other tour. Um, why True, all of a sudden is this a tour that they're, they're, they're going to evoke bans for playing? Because well, this, this is the tour that's trying to steal their players and try to steal their product. Any, any, any company, any company would do the same thing. Any company would do the same. Any organization would do the same thing. The DP tour, Asian tour, they ask guys to come play in their events all the time. That's, I mean, that's, I wouldn't say they're stealing. They get their three. Yeah. If they're not, if they're not a member. Sure. But, but we've only, we haven't even had one event yet. And they're already talking about banning guys for playing in one event, denying releases. Like, Hey, Here's your three releases. You can go play in three of the live events. If you want to play that's in your fine. fourth, then 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 you're subject to. And that's again my that's my my problem with the PGA Tour. It's like the, the, in this specific situation, it's like they 
there's they are definitely afraid of what's going to happen. Otherwise, they would not try to put these penalties so high so soon. So they're and they they must know whether it's through the player board or some of these other conversations that have with these players that they're not happy with the way that it's run and the limitations that they have with the tour. I'm not saying yes, they have opportunity to play in 40 different events. Sure. But it must, there must be something else that's going on that is making these guys want yeah, but to look there's, for something. There's not that many guys that are right now that are defecting or really speaking out against it. It's a bunch of has-beens and old guys that are, that are leaving. you got a couple relevant guys. Three or that, three, that's, that's for three the or first four event. relevant guys that are basically taking the, the paycheck over, over competing. Jay, you're, Jay, you're Mr. Competition. Hold on a second. There, you're, you love competition. This is the complete opposite of competition. These these guys are going to play in an exhibition event against J.C. Ritchie and these guys you've never heard of before. That's not competition. They're not trying to play against in the best fields against the best players in the world. No, but they're just looking we, for a free handout. One of the biggest things that you see in the best fields in the world is also the biggest paychecks in the world. When you look at the biggest tournaments in golf, where you get the best play, the best fields currently. It also coincides with the larger payouts and the biggest purses. Right now, we have a new sheriff in town when it comes to big purses and potential payouts. As of right now, we don't have a ton of the top players. But I can absolutely assure you, if this thing goes off without a hitch and they're able to keep producing the kind of pay that they are promising, they're going to get more top players without okay, so question. Then, so then you have exactly what you don't want. You have lesser fields everywhere. You have, and we've talked about this for months. You have two fractured tours that have less of good players playing against each other. So now all the you know, the strength of fields are even worse than they are now. The current Live Golf field this week, and this is I saw this quote and I should have screenshotted this when I read it, has a lesser strength of field than the Bermuda Championship. And we use the Bermuda Championship as the reason the PGA Tour needs all to make time. all these changes. They have a lesser strength of field than the Bermuda Championship. So now you get a few more guys to defect. All you're doing is just adding. You've added more product to the world of golf, and you've diluted the fields even more. So now we have more shitty golf. How is that but, a good thing? But what happens when they actually do play together? But that's that's four times. That's the majors. So now we have, but we, maybe, we have reduced but the entire golf up. calendar to four events. I want to no, watch maybe, more than four important weeks they, a year. But we because don't know how many people. Maybe we get more. Maybe we get more tournaments of more guys playing together because they're spread out. So right now they have the opportunity to pick and choose what they want. How are you going to so do that? Spread, what do you mean how are we going to do that? How are you going to get more? If you have two separate tours, how are you going to get more chances for them to play together? You're going to have because, less chances for them to play together. Well, because of the opportunity of, of that they don't play together all the time. When they do come together, maybe the PJ Tour changes their, their operations. Say, hey, we're going to bump up. Our major, the major purses are going to go up and maybe a select four to six events are going to go up to first place, you know, 25 or 2.5 million. Now those guys from all these other tours will come play. You'll get the best players playing as opposed to getting four majors. Maybe we get 12 events where we get all the best players playing. Maybe we get, maybe we get 12 fields, like a, like a player's championship as opposed to one, the player's championship. I mean, we, that's the strongest field in golf. Maybe we get five or six of those because they're spread all out. And if the PGA Tour decides, hey, the only way we're going to get these guys back is to put more money into it. And you don't care how much money they make, but they care. And if that's what it takes to get these guys to play against each other, and if it takes them shipping out to the Live Tour, I mean, 
uh, let's be honest, who knows if this tour is going to be the tour that lasts, but it's the tour that's going to shake things up and it's going to inspire and provoke change. Because there's some, think there's some guys that will not make the change. There's some guys on the PGA Tour that have said partnering with the Saudis is career suicide. And I'm not even going to get into the political aspect of the Saudis. I'm just trying to keep this to golf. There's some guys that will not do it. They think it's bad for their brand. I don't see how we get more opportunities. I just don't see how we get more opportunities to get these guys together when they're on separate tours. I, I don't. I don't well, see. We it. don't know what the strength of the field is going to be like. We're judging yeah. event one. Yeah. If this thing goes off without a hitch, and the pay is still there, their fields are going to keep getting stronger. Now, where that where that ends up, that's the number that we can't really quantify quite yet. We don't know how many players ultimately will defect. However, if the paycheck keeps coming through, and the that's opportunity a big, that's a big question. Providing the itself. Without question, that, and I, I'm one to 100% admit that. But if all of a sudden that right, the way it sits right now, no one's been paid out. It's like opening a new mini tour out of nowhere. No one has cast a check yet. You can go play and you can go and put up your funds to go play, but no one has cast a check yet. And you wonder whether or not if you win that tournament, if you're actually going to get paid out. This is on a much grander scale. However, the more the paycheck goes through and the checks get cashed, the more players that are going to come entertain it, especially when guaranteed money's involved, because there's too many times where guys are going out and think about Grayson Murray posted that um, budget or weekly expense report earlier this year, where he went finished something like 20th on the corn Ferry tour and lost money or broke even. So if all of a sudden guys that are out there and they're playing around that bubble can find opportunities, go play guaranteed, one, you're going to get more of the big players going, but you're certainly getting to get more of the little players going. And it'll be interesting. If they have these tight fields, 48-person fields, you're going to start seeing a lot of those J.C. Richies get squeezed out for better play. Mm. We don't yeah, know what yeah. that's going to look like. Yeah, now. those those guys are just pawns. All those yeah, all those without question. Those young Americans, AMs, or the early guys that just turned pro that we talked about last week, they're just pawns in this. They're just trying to take a paycheck, and they're the the Saudis are just hoping to have some sort of proof of concept by using these guys, and then they're just going to kick them to the curb and, and try to get the bigger names. But again, you're not going to get everyone. I told you, I'm for the kind of the premier golf league where you I, i'm not crazy about the 48 man fields in the limited field kind of event that doesn't do much we've talked about we don't like limited field events on here i, I kind of like the premier golf model but i wish they would expand it to 120 players or something like that and the top 120 players in the world or the top 120 players on the pj tour are in every field that's what i'm in support of right now this is not happening it's not even gonna come yeah, close to happening I don't think that I, I, you're. I know that you want. You're looking for an answer or a reason to watch or support this tour. I really don't give two shits about the live tour. I'm just. I'm excited about the fact that the guys are taking a risk to make the PGA tour or whatever tour better. I mean, I know we've used this reference before, but look at the ABA and the NBA, two competing tours. At at one point, they got to a point where they were competing against each other. And they joined AFL, NFL, two, two, two leagues that were competing against each other and ended up joining to make what we now know as one of the greatest sporting, you know, communities in the world. Um, and I think that the PGA Tour has gotten stagnant over the last 50 years of running the show. And they do a lot of great things. We watch it every week. We we freaking host a, a you know podcast about golf and we 
we talk about the PGA Tour every week and, and a couple of the tours, but mainly the PGA Tour. So there's definitely interest and uh, we live in the States. So that's one thing. But can it be better? Can it be better? Yeah, can it we can be better. But this isn't the way. This is the avenue to, to get it better. Uh, is the avenue the is going to happen. The avenue to get it better, maybe not that tour, but the fact that guys want to play in a different tour to provoke some change and some thought on the PJ tour and the board to change what they're doing. Yes, it is. It I, is. A I don't. Reason. I don't think these guys want to evoke change. They want to take a payout and go on their merry way. They don't want. They don't care about change. Don't give me that bullshit. They want a big, gigantic payout, and well, I, I, that's all they want. They want to ride exactly. off into the sunset. They don't want to make change on the PGA Tour. Same reason Tour. they're they playing the PGA Tour. The PGA they Tour. want that big, gigantic payout. Well, the change that they want is better fields with bigger purses, and they're going to get it right away. And if that spark, sparks not, the change, they're not getting the better Tour, fields at all. They're getting worse fields. They're getting better. They're getting bigger purses, which is, I mean, who wouldn't want to go play in a tournament that they're going to make more money? Come on. I don't give two shits about this fucking idea that you're a purist golfer and I want to play. I, want, I don't care about the money. I'm going to play against the best players. Dude, go play against the easiest field and make the biggest money, biggest purse that you can make. You're that's so, that's, so, you that's that. so against what you are, Jay. You're Mr. Competition. Yeah. You always say you want to compete against the best and, and you don't like a 12-hole golf course because you want to compare yourself against the best. How are you going to compare? No, I want to compare JT's myself against accolades myself, on the live golf the tour. How are you going to compare dj's accolades on the live golf tour when he's playing against trash by like the size just, of your yachts it just demin no it doesn't it just, just diminishes his athletic ability and achievement by going playing on this shit ass tour when he's not playing against the best it's not an achievement there's nothing that he's doing that's any kind of achievement it just cheapens his athletic ability and his how talented he is by beating up on these no names over there for yeah, I mean, so great. I, it's more money. The more money does nothing for the fans. The more also, money does nothing for the fans. I don't give a shit that Kevin Nas great grandchildren can now pay for their their college it, education it, and become become the next generation of entitled trust fund babies in the United States. I don't fucking care about that. It does nothing for us. It does nothing for you. But would you watch the would you watch the players championship if it were if it were one point two million for first? And half of the best players didn't play because there was no money in it. No, you wouldn't watch it. It'd be like watching the John Deere Classic. So exactly. the reason you watch it is because it's got more damn money and the best players no, play. No, the reason no I money. watch it is because it has the best players. Because but it's why more do the money. Best players show up. Exactly. Because, because the money. purse is the biggest. They're not all going over there. They're not going to go all over there. So you're, Correct. You're not going to get them no all over there. there. You're not going to have the a player's championship been out in Saudi Arabia. You're not going to have a player's championship in Saudi Arabia. It's not going to happen. Will get, they will have better players, and they, the fields will continue to grow if the paychecks keep so, cash. So you're going to, it's going to be the same right exact now, field as a player's championship because half are going to be here and half are going to be there. It's going to be the same fucking thing. If you get 48 of the best, you don't know how. Look, they're not, not going to get all 48. What I'm saying they're not going to get the top 48 players. If they they're did, I'd watch it, but they're not going you are to. Correct. It's not going to happen. They will get way more of those top 48 than ever you could ever imagine right now if the checks keep cashing and it's a better monetary opportunity for the professional golfer. You, like, Jay, you and I, players. you and I have been on these yeah. has been on these on these texts and these chats the last couple of days. People are like, oh yeah, I get that money. Why are people now excited about these guys getting money? When does that matter? Who the fuck cares? If Patrick Mahomes signs a big contract, I don't say like, oh yeah, get that money. Who cares? It does it doesn't matter to people. What the fuck's going on? Like, is it a good thing if Patrick Mahomes just one day says, hey guys, I'm gonna take a check from the USFL. Sorry, I'm gonna go over there because they're gonna give me a, a guaranteed five hundred million dollar contract. But the one with the Chiefs I, is only 250. So I'm going to go play the USFL, the USFL. And, <laughs> and, and beat up on these guys that suck and can't make the NFL. 
So I'm going to go beat up on them. Yeah, really good product you have there. Like, I, I, I think I think you're looking too, too it's in a little the present. I, I'm looking more in the future. I, like I said, I don't think. No, I'm looking the in the future. They're, gonna be the not, they're not all going to go over USFL is the same product. We're they're trying to offer a different product, a different format. USFL is another football game. There's not they're not playing under different rules. They're, they're not still playing. playing golf. Last I checked. Okay, is are the formats the same? Is it a team format on the PJ Tour? No, but or is how, the USL? Wait, 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 wait. How are you going to do it? Playing? How are you going to do a team format when the field changes every week? Like, buddy, I don't fucking know. That's what okay. they're going to well, tell I, us. We don't know yet. That's all I'm saying. We don't know what this product's team, like. All I'm saying is that it's a different product. It's not the USFL versus the NFL, where they're just playing the same game of football at a different time of the fucking Okay, well, year. they're still playing golf. They're just playing one less They are day. playing golf. They are playing golf, but it is a different format. Am I correct? Has that been in, has that been in the it's, news? It's it's still playing an individual 54-hole event. It's it's golf. It's just one less day. It's a shotgun start. We, like, that doesn't anything for me. I think that's kind of stupid, what's, actually. What's the team, what's the team format okay. aspect of it? There's team captains. Ex- I haven't seen explain that. that. Explain that to me. There's team captains, but then the, the field's going to change every week. So how can you have a live golf team where the fucking team changes every week? We don't know yet, but that's what's intriguing about it, Mike. We don't know what that product's going to look like. I'm not ready to make my final judgment to say whether or not this is good, bad, and different, or whether or not I'm going to fucking tune in, or whether or not they're going to get more players until I can actually see the product. I, I think it's awful for the game of golf. I think it hurts the game of golf. I think it hurts I, the I, entertainment I, product. I think it hurts the fans. I think it hurts the game of golf. It's Mark just it right now, Jay. He's, I think this will be one of the most monumental changes that we've seen in the last 50 years in, in golf. If it if it if it sparks enough change. I, again, I don't care about the live tour and the tour itself and who's running it, Greg Norman, but I think the fact that guys took the chance to make a change. I think it it will. I think it will make golf better in the long run. Will it happen tomorrow, next week, in a month, two months, six months? I, probably not, but I think it will. I think it will be. It'll it'll be a monumental shift in what we're in what we're doing, and uh, I'll stand by that 100 percent because I, I I think that the PJ Tour is is very has been very stale in my opinion with the 40 40 events and 25 of them being no one cares. We'll have fun watching that's, James Piot and JC Ritchie because that's gonna be <laughs> that's gonna be so exciting. That's no, that's not stale it's at all. For one week, bro. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, you're you're you looking to the greater too picture here. Now. You are so it, fucking. It, it, it'll take time. So, no, I'm not narrow minded. If you if you, you listen to tunnel vision. No, it's not tunnel vision. I do not think you're gonna get all 48 guys over there. It's not gonna happen. You're not gonna get the top 48. You're exactly then what's right. it matter? Then what the fuck does you don't it matter? You'll get the top 48 day in and day out on the fucking PGA tour. You're we right, still yeah. tune in and make DraftKings picks and make a fucking podcast out of it. So god damn it, let's see what yeah. this brings. So you're you're just gonna have two separated tours and it's just gonna be worse. It's just gonna be more diluted, more oversaturated of golf, of shitty events at shitty events. All it is, it's gonna be right more of the, the same major, fucking thing. Awful, just those guys make more money. Great. They have a big yacht. Whippee! Awesome. That really helps the guy sitting on the couch watching. Fucking great. It's just typical, the you, new American you, dream. It's the new American even... dream. Just get a big lump sum of cash, just sit on your ass and do nothing and just turn your head to where the fucking money is coming from. It's the new American dream. Let's just not do shit, get a big lump of money and do nothing. That sounds great to me, but it's, that's not. It, it does really sound pretty good, but at the same time, you, you're still not even giving the product a chance. We don't know what that is yet, buddy. We we have not seen what the tournament experience, what the different, all the mic'd up is going to bring. We don't know what all that is from an entertainment standpoint. You're judging everything based off of a personal I'm feeling. Judging- 
off of what I know right now and where I think it's going. And I don't see this succeeding. I don't think it's seeing it. You might not. You might not. But I can promise you it is worth tuning in and it's worth giving a chance because anytime that we can take and shake up the golf world a little bit, let's make it a little bit more. um, I don't know, maybe a more entertaining product for a wider audience. It's worth trying out. It only makes us all more money at the end of the day. Every one of us stands to benefit monetarily if this works. Take a bite out of that apple for a second. You got got to explain that to me. Well, buddy, if all of a sudden we're able to start taking a wider audience and get them more interested in the entertainment value that golf provides, the industry as a whole benefits and grows. For you and me especially that work directly in the golf industry, that's a bump. So if you, if you want to try to really put something behind something, say, hey, this is a new way to grow the game. It's a new oh, way will it, to oh fucking, will it grow fucking give me the oh, grow the game. PGA, Don't give me the grow the game thing. with this fucking Let's bullshit. Are you fucking PGA. serious? Do not give me the grow the game bullshit with this. Oh, my God. Are you fucking kidding me? Those words just came out of your mouth. I'm getting ready to mute you for the rest of the show. Holy fuck. It's, it's, it's actually... It's disrespectful that you just fucking said that for what you and I do on a daily basis. You and I grow the game on a daily basis. The fucking Saudis paying for DJ's yacht and cocaine does not grow the game. No, I'm looking at growing the entertainment value and growing the attraction to the sport for a wider audience. That's that's my whole point from that aspect. And if we are able to do so, the way Top Golf has had an impact in our golfing community and our industry, Top Golf has not had an impact. You don't think it's starting to bring more people to the game and starting no, to bring I think COVID, to I think COVID had an impact on our game. I think Tiger Woods and COVID are the two best things that ever happened to the game of golf. One and two, without question. No, not going to find me fight you there. But on the backside of that, we Tiger's going to die and COVID's going to fucking be done at some point. So we yeah. have to look at other ways to bring new people and keep the engagement for a younger audience. We are seeing a younger audience get into this game more now than we've seen in a long time. And there it is because of things changing and golf becoming a more um, acceptable, no, maybe acceptable is not the way to uh, a you're, you're seeing guys wear joggers. You're seeing guys wear totally different stuff on the course is becoming acceptable. The game is evolving. I agree. We're starting to attract a younger audience in doing so. If this also enhances that next step of furthering the game, (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying it's let's, let's check it out. Let's not be so quick to condemn. I'm not saying it's going to be the greatest thing since sliced bread. I don't have a live golf cap. I didn't order a t-shirt yet. I'm ordering both of you fuckers t-shirts. Actually, never mind. I'm not paying that money. Never mind. I'm not doing that. Yeah, I'd wear the fuck out of it. I hope it comes with blood on it. Regardless, (laughs) I'm tuning in because it has an opportunity to actually benefit the game as a whole. There is the opportunity there, regardless of whether you think so or not, Mike. And I understand you have a very, a very strong um, feeling uh, on this subject. But at the same time, statistically, you have to admit there is a chance this goes well. There is a chance that this betters the game. There is a chance that this makes it more entertaining. This There is a chance that it draws more people to the game. There's a chance that we all benefit from this. But, and but I'm sitting here pulling for opportunity and chance. I'm not saying it's not going to end up being the PGA Tour. I'm no, I don't think the Live Golf Tour is necessarily going to 
take over as the preeminent force, but it could rival some change for the PGA Tour that grows the product. And ultimately, we see a merger between multiple brands that betters the professional product that we so love and want to get involved with. That's where I find my opportunity exists, and that's where I find my allegiance to see this through. Agreed. That's what it, what I've been trying to say the whole time. Is this the opportunity for it to eventually be a better product? Will it be a better product tomorrow or next month or by the end of this year? Maybe not. There may be a dip in in splitting some of these guys up, but I think in the long run, I think it will create a better product. It, there's there's also a potential that it ruins the game of golf. There's also uh, a potential sure. that uh, people stop watching all of it because both products suck. There's also a potential that no one's watching this game and no one's playing because this is happening. Look at boxing. You gave examples of the NBA and the ABA in the, in the NFL and the NFL a- AFL merger. You've, there's no examples of one league breaking I up did? into two and succeeding. Look at boxing. Boxing used to be huge. And then there all of a sudden became this belt and that belt and this belt and that belt. And nobody knew what the fuck they were watching, who was the champion, who had watch belt. And now it's now it's gone. And I'm not saying boxing on a different scale. Those belt belts have been split forever. You know what killed boxing is UFC, because now people got to watch guys really punch each other in the face with the fist and see real blood flowing everywhere. That's what killed boxing. I'm just saying there's also the same potential of this hurting the game as it is to help the game i mean i i would yeah sure there's a chance that it completely flops i i would i would favor more in the fact that you know provoking some change here is going to create a better product for both because uh all of these tours combined want to make it, it better and if it gets to a point where the viewership is dropping for both and they're going to figure out a way to make it to make it better uh, but it's not going to get that way if one person holds all the cards uh, the entire time. And if things are, if all the money's going to their pocket all the time, then why am I going to work with these other tours to help them when I've got, where I'm making all the money when they're, when everyone takes a dip, they're going to all get together and be like, Hey, we got to make this work. We got to make this work. Let's find a way to get eight to 12 events where we get the best, the best, the best. Um, but yeah, I mean, is there a chance that it could, it could completely flop? Yeah. Do I think it's going to ruin golf? I, no, I don't think that's going to happen. Okay. Um, I rest my case. <laughs> Prose- prosecution rests. Uh, I just, I mean, I, I'm not a fan of it. I, I just don't get, I don't know. I, I just don't get it. And like all my, all my new friends, all my friends that are on, on our text chain. Yeah. Look at that money. Like, wh- why does that excite you guys? Like, what the fuck does that do for you guys? It does nothing for me. Like, why is everyone excited about Kevin Na getting that money? Like, yippee. Like, awesome, Kevin Na. Like, I don't fucking care. Like, who cares? No one. I've never heard that before when someone signs a contract in other sports. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Way to go. Get that money. Like, no one watches for that. Like, I, I, that, that's the whole thing is like, there's just weird, weird obsession with people's money and like other people getting money. Like, it does nothing for me. I want to watch a good product. And right now, this is not helping. And I do not see it helping. That's all I'm going to say. Done. Yeah. Well, give it a we've made our point as to why we think it will help, and if you know, we can you can choose to to see it and or not see it. And I have fine. I have yeah. said on this podcast in the past that I am not going to watch. I am absolutely going to watch now, and I'm just going to fucking hate watch it. And I'm going to take <laughs> notes on everything that I can mock and make fun of and give them shit for. And I have a feeling it's going to be a plethora 
of stuff at first. <laughs> There's also I'll, I'll certainly watch it just to see just to see what they got, you know. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm sure I'm there's going to be some some awkward moments there for them and their broadcasting skills and who they have on and but uh they brought in Jerry Fuller. Yeah, I will certainly certainly tune in to to you know, watch and see if it, if it succeeds or if it fails. I mean, uh, I'll watch for both reasons. Um there there's a that's, small that's small entertaining part of me, in itself. Small part of me that wants to apply for a media credential with them. Um, for their event up in Massachusetts in August or September, whenever that is. There's also a small part of me that thinks I'm going to become Jamal Khashoggi and get chopped up into little pieces um, for the things <laughs> I say about this tour as well. So um, Could be a hard time getting a I'm on the fence for an event up in mass. There can't be much demand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a shitty tour. I wouldn't go to it either. <laughs> so. <sighs> All right. Um, I'm going to come up with a nickname for you guys. I'm going to think <laughs> about it. But uh, I mean, I don't, you can, you can call it whatever you want. I don't care. I don't care what fucking tour it is. Honestly, I don't care. It's if it's live golf premier. I don't care. I, I just, I'm, I'm excited to see something different. So I don't care what tour it is. Um, I'm excited to see. You know, a new I, like product. I said, I have no allegiance to the live tour. None whatsoever. I I do have uh I do have interest in in watching something different, and 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 possibly seeing something different and better in in the future. So, for that reason, I'm I'm all in to to check it out. And we certainly have sponsorship opportunities available for the Live Golf Tour if they are interested. No, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> Jay, you and I will take that guaranteed money, baby. Yeah. Good luck. Good luck editing the podcast and doing everything. We'll be able to pay someone with guaranteed income coming in for the first time ever in our <laughs> podcast lives. Yeah, we can get into that off the show. Yeah, um, signing bonus. All right, let's go to the RBC. Enough of this fucking live golf shit. We got RBC. <laughs> they don't even have live golf on DraftKings. Sorry, no, I pulled it up. It's live. I, I, they just they just launched it. Bullshit. You're right. I know, but I I fucking. <laughs> um. Who wants to go first? This is a top-heavy field. Um, there's um, a couple I'll, of. I'll go. These are these are awful. Um, but I'll just get them out of the way. Okay. I'm not even really going to go into any any description because I've got no reason. Um, I'm going to start at the bottom. Max McGreevy because he qualified for the U.S. Open and he's 6,300 bucks. Um, Brendan Todd. I just read an article that said to pick him, so I'm going to give him a shot. Uh, Mackenzie Hughes played on the Canadian tour. So maybe he'll play well because he likes it up there. Um, <laughs> Justin Rose, he played poorly last week, missed the cut, but played well the week before. You never know. Maybe he's on off. So this is his, his on week. Maybe he'll play well. Um, Patrick Reed, I, you know, maybe he'll cheat and win. I don't know. Um, and then my horse, is uh Tony Finau 9400 bucks. Wow. So you guys can take that for what it's worth. Okay. Um yeah, like I was saying this is a very <laughs> top top heavy field. There's some really good players. Scheffler, Thomas, McElroy, Smith, Rollery, Burns, Fitzpatrick. Um and then after that it gets pretty 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 weak. Um yeah, I really don't like my team. I don't either. 
So I'll go, I'll go before you, McLean. I'm going to go. I went with two horses and then a bunch of low guys. So who knows how <laughs> I can come in first or last this week. I got no idea. Um, 6,700. I'm going to take Callum Taron. He has uh, made his last three cuts on tour is feeling good after qualifying this week. So 6,700 Callum Taron. Uh, I think his game is turning around and, and we'll look, he hits, hits the driver. Well, I think this golf course, uh, Royal St. George's up there in Canada, you're going to have to drive the ball really well from, from what I've read. And, um, he does that. Then I'm going to go up to, uh, Doug Gim. Not really sure why he was the last guy on my team. And that was the amount of, I had left. So I'm going to go with Doug Gim there. You see his name pop up on the leaderboard from time to time. Then I'm going to go Matt Wallace hasn't played over here in a few weeks. Um, is coming off uh, a couple of good finishes over in Europe. So hopefully he can continue that here in Canada. Then I'm going to go to Austin Smotherman. Um, and I just abs- accidentally deleted him off my team. Um, so I went to click on him and I did it again. So yeah, 7,500. Don't know really why I picked him either. He, he does hit the golf ball pretty well. He drives it well. Uh, decent iron game. I think that's all that's going to matter uh, this week. Then we get to my two horses. Mano Imano, the duel in America's hat. Rory McElroy and Justin Thomas. Oh, uh, that's good. Um, great drivers of the that's golf ball. You, uh, they're they both in there. They're both on the same level, talent-wise, skill-wise, on the PGA Tour, and uh, we'll go that way. So, two, talent-wise, skill-wise. Yep, they're the, on the same. Same level, same kind of level. <laughs> you wow. are delirious tonight. You are oh, on right. it. You're on a bender. I'm telling same you, I feel great. Level. Whatever that new <laughs> bourbon he's drinking, it has some shit in it. Awesome. All right, oh, I'm coming man. in spicy. Um, Peter Malnati, 7,000. Moving up. Get Martin it, Laird, 7,500. Uh, for television. 7,600. Mr. Pat Perez, 7,600. Moving into the only two picks I actually like. Canadian himself, Adam Hadwin, 9,300. Historically plays very well at this event. And then Mr. Justin Thomas plays well everywhere because he's the best player out there. Count it. So much talent. Rory gets so much talent. Rory Rory wishes he had that much talent. Yeah, Rory's missing the cut. (laughs) Yeah. Man, last eight years, who has more majors? <laughs> JT. Last eight years, I mean, well, we know who that is. It's obvious. <laughs> Justin Thomas has two. I know. I just wanted to give you shit. It still has two less than Rory. You're right. Yeah, very true. And he's like seven years younger. Is he seven years younger? No, it's like I think we looked it up last week too. I think it's five, but still, yeah. Four or five. Anyways, so all right. Um, that's it, Jens, unless you have anything else. Um no. I can't, I can't I mean, wait to be on the right side of history on this one. And <laughs> we'll be um we'll be back next week to discuss the RBC Canadian Open to not talk about the live golf, whatever it's called. The only thing we'll talk about. And no, we're doing a lot of us open talk next week 
It's going to be heavy U.S. Open talk. It's a major. All the best players are in the field at the same time. It'll be one of four times we ever get to see it in a year is, coming is up. It, is it the best? I mean, how many how many qualifiers? How many AMs playing this? Okay, so this then we got one. Up, not, we got we got one event then. So like even now the majors is probably suck, right? not even. This is probably not even top twenty on the PGA Tour in terms of. I'm going to look that up. I'm going to find out the numbers what on that. Find out what the typical strength of field is in a I U.S. Think, Open. I would think it's probably somewhere between 15 and 20th on the PGA Tour. Uh, by the way, we did just lost McLean. Not sure where he went. Uh, he just wanted to. <laughs> you know. he, Wanted to exit just a little bit early from the show. So, McLean, have a good night. Sleep well. Sleep tight. <laughs> but, yeah, we're going to be heavy, heavy U.S. Open talk, uh, primarily because of my love of the country club. I want to educate the people on that place since um, it hasn't been really in the public in, in quite a while. So, um, yes, we'll talk about some live golf next week as well. You'll probably yell at each other again. <laughs> And that's Uh, it for us. Take care. All right. Peace. Cheers. Cheers.